What's up? What's up, bitches? Welcome back to another episode of Positively Uncensored, your favorite reality TV and interview podcast. It's your host, Leah. Today's episode, I'm joined by Ashley from My Sweet Perspective on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and we're diving into the Natalia Grace and Gypsy Rose cases. And I just want to start with a quick trigger warning. This episode will contain topics of child neglect, sexual abuse, difficult topics of ableism. So just know that before we dive into the episode and kind of prepare yourself for that and these conversations. Welcome back to a fun episode of Positively Uncensored because we, first of all, have a fun guest. And second of all, we're diving into true crime. So make some noise for Ashley, who's on all socials at My Sweet Perspective. Go follow her on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. She does great recaps. So we're going to talk about two things this episode, just to set the tone for you guys. We're going to talk about Natalia Grace, which is... Not that's not what it's called on HBO. It's called Natalia Speaks, I believe. Yep. The Curious um, Case of Natalia Grace. Natalia Speaks. Yep. There it's a combination of I shortened it for you guys. You guys are lucky. They should have asked me to name it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're talking about that, okay? And then we're talking about Gypsy Rose because she was recently released from prison. She had her three-night lifetime confessional. And Ashley and I have both seen the act and we're familiar with Gypsy Rose. So we're going to talk about both. And one thing I want to highlight is the similarities between each of these cases because although Natalia Grace's Christine, like her stepmom, didn't, or her foster mother, she didn't have Munchausen. She had a lot of aspects like Dee Dee that was like using her child for fame. Did you notice that? Absolutely. And what's so crazy that you mentioned that is like Gypsy is one of my favorite musicals of all time. And so the fact that, you know, there's actually Gypsy Rose Blanchard and the whole idea of like this stage mom who's obsessed with her kids, who like lives her life vicariously through her children is insane. And I definitely see that. They said Christine wanted Natalia to be the poster child for whatever. Like she already had her son who was this genius. She was riding off his coattails. Now she was going to have this child with dwarfism who also had these other handicaps and disabilities. And, you know, Natalia is going to be my spokesperson. I'm going to be famous off of her. So absolutely. And it's so interesting how both of the women, to me, they seemed like this type of waspy parent that knows that they aren't likable and perhaps they maybe weren't dealt the best hand in life that that's probably Mm. true but because of that they've decided that what's easier is evoking sympathy to gain a control like a like an upper hand in situations and they they want people to feel bad for them um and That's like the ableist mentality of both of the women is that, you know, they weaponize their disabilities and it it just highlights how sick the whole thing is. It really is from like the inception onward. And it was like, 
Um, I know they were talking about Dee Dee and how, you know, she was so smart and they said she would go online and she would look at everything and she knew how this diagnosis would look to this person. And this is how, you know, I will get this <laughs> out of them. Right. And my boyfriend made a good comment. He was like, well, do you think it was all about just greed and fraud because Dee Dee was a criminal, right? Like she was check kiting and doing all these things. She was on the run. Um, do you think it was just fraud? And I was like, I think it was deeper than that. I think while the money yes. and the trips and all that in the house was like this one thing, I think there was some kind of internal um, affirmation she received for being this mom who was caring for her, you know, sick and dying child. Like, oh, I get a pat on the back. I'm this great martyr, right? Absolutely. And, on, and and she was legitimately diagnosed, you know, with schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, Munchausen syndrome by proxy. I mean, she had multiple mental health conditions that made her susceptible to not believe that she was doing the right thing, but potentially not know better. And, and not not know better, but I, I don't know what word to use because Gypsy admits that it would have been better if her mom sat either, not even sat in prison. I think the words she used was got mental help, you know, went to a facility, mm -hmm. got treatment, was was treated for the things that she has. Um, but then going back to Natalia Grace for a second, Christine got nothing. That's this the misjustices in Natalia's story blows my mind because what accountability has either parent? taken neither none 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 zero zilch nada <laughs> and the fact that everything was dismissed against christine and she didn't even have to sit trial i feel like that was like an abomination like i you know she just moves to canada and just goes on about her merry way like absolutely <gasps> and like so just to fill people in so just in case you missed it I'll give a quick backstory. Natalia's case, and especially this documentary, it's pitched as sort of similar to the orphan storyline. They're trying to allege and say to us, is she a sociopath? Is she evil? It, uh, does she have bad intentions? And is she manipulating every single person in her life? Or is she the victim? With such a disservice for what was actually happening, which was purely, she was a victim of neglect, the system not caring for her, um, abuse, ableism, and not one person intervened. Like, I don't think one person intervened for her. Well, not until we meet, um, I believe, the the mans, right? The, the, mans, the mother, yes. right? The, the wife. Um, but to, to kind of go back to what you're, you're saying, as far as Natalia was concerned, I was ticked off because, again, you get this first season, right? Uh, and you're like, okay, so she was bad. She was terrible. Like, they literally gave us one side. And I, I think I understand what the directors were trying to do with that because they're trying – for us to see the lens through the lens of the barnets, right? And then on the second right. one, you're like, but oh my gosh, she was never an adult. She was never this. My thing though, even in watching the first half was the fact that no person, child or adult, say Natalia had been lying about her age, no one in this world would ever deserve that type of treatment. The things that Christine did from throwing her down the stairs to pummeling her to, I mean, just, 
making her do all kinds of disgusting things from making her wear the little hat and calling her a gnome like it was so gross the things that came out about what christine said and the fact that the dad um you didn't even like didn't even have the gumption to call the police like if you were so afraid of christine that he purports like I don't know how you stand by and do absolutely nothing. Um, Then when it comes to her moving out and the neighbors, I just think, again, I think no one is completely innocent, but at the end of the day, Natalia was Mm -hmm. a child who needed help and intervention. If they were incapable of helping her, they should have sought resources. Like that's just how I feel about it. It was wrong under any circumstances. Absolutely. I 100% agree with every single thing that you said. And just just to add more context too, so that I can dive deep further into what you said, I forgot to say, you know, so they're asking us, is she a bad person or is she a victim? But what I leave out is that she's six years old. Okay. The, to the Barnett's knowledge, they adopt a six-year-old, Natalia. She comes, she had been with one family before them in the United States, but she originally was at six years old, they begin asking the question, is Natalia older than she says she is? They allege that her comprehension was higher. They allege that she didn't have an accent and couldn't speak Ukrainian. Um, she had a period. Pubic hair would try to make her other children um, jump, go into traffic uh just a lot, a lot of stuff, try to poison the mom, hid knives. I mean, they really built up your mind and as to what they pitched her doing. Um, and she's six years old. Like the entire series, you're wondering, you have doctors who don't say her proper birth age and um, the family. Do you think, side note, do you think Christine believed that she was older and is no. sick? You no. believe she knew that she was I believe six. that she knew because it was so strategic, even when you start to hear about Agreed. the specific age that they made her so yes. that they would no longer be financially responsible for her or have responsibility. Like, no, it was it was disgusting. And the she knew. It was planned out. It was legitimately a whole she like uh she was the architect behind this entire Absolutely. fraud. I believe that in my heart of hearts. And she knew. And the husband did too. I'm going to be honest. The warning, when you said like the, he did. When you say the first half, I'm like, yes, the first half of even season one, warning bells went off. Because first of all, having your son perform and benefit financially, monetarily off of him and then add yourself as the reason why he is smart, intelligent. I did this for him. It's not him. It's me. And Mm -hmm. I can do it with your child too. It, he, she was like treating him like a show pony, and that 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 set alarm bells off. I said, okay, the husband's seen how devious she is, and how mm-hmm. she can make someone grind that axe like like you're doing this regimented study. Um, I think he's seen that, and he knew that by adopting somebody else, that takes it one off of Jacob and two off of him, um, mm-hmm. and. I truly believe that him and Christine bonded over their hatred of Natalia. Absolutely. 
he loathed her. He loathed her because his wife didn't want him sexually. She was not interested in him. She was having affairs. He could sense it. And he said, I'll prove how much I love you. I hate exactly what you hate and I'll go mm -hmm. there. Um, and I, I think he's weak for that. I think it was all about wanting oh, her... Yeah lusting after her and even the fact that they filmed her my first red flag that went off was filming natalia while punishing her to film a child ever while they're getting in trouble to either laugh at mock them or use as an example is disgusting i think it should be mm -hmm. illegal to film your children while they're getting in trouble there's no reason to ever do it there's no reason to ever yeah. do that to someone and can we talk about how um, extreme the punishments are though even that she did to Natalia, Please. a person who, who could barely stand anyway, and you have her stand for eight hours? Eight it's to 12 hours. Defecate on yourself. Um, yeah. Walk the street with um, no shoes on. And let's talk mm -hmm. about the silent neighbors. What is that called? The bystander effect when you just watch mm -hmm. things that are wrong? I can't believe that neighbors would pass her in the window as a garden gnome or walking the streets and not say, and trigger warning. I'm sorry, I should have said this earlier. Trigger warning, because we are talking about difficult subjects of child abuse, child neglect, ableism. Um, you know, further, we're gonna have sexual abuse when we talk about Gypsy Rose. So trigger warning as we talk about these things. Yeah, I just think it's so easy. And, and being from Indiana, which is so nuts, because it's like, oh my goodness, I know that neighborhood. like. I'm familiar with Westfield, like where the Barnetts lived. And it, I, I can, I can say this in probably any town in America that people now are so encapsulated, I think, and so wrapped up into their space um, that they don't leave a ton of room to intervene on anyone else's behalf. Like, I think people walk around very selfish, like living in a selfish mind state. Yes. I also think part of that. Yeah, um, if you if you if you watch the interactions with the neighbor, right, that or that Nat Natalia would go play at her daughter's house. Um, yes, Christine had a hold on these people. Clearly, she was like she was my yes. best friend at the time. Really, like Christine was. Christine had an awful from every clip, every soundbite we hear from Christine. She was not a likable, kind, warm human being. So the fact that this woman said that she was like her best friend was like. What? So yes. I'm assuming she, Christine probably had some, you know, well, we know they were affluent. Um, we knew she had a little pool. Like you said, there was the whole waspy air um, of her. She probably ran her neighborhood. No one probably dare question her. Or she painted a picture, right? Natalia is the demon seed. She is all of these right. things. Um, you know, so this is just how we're punishing her. This is what the doctors have told me to do. And they make it so that... <laughs> The, the same way that Dee Dee declared Gypsy mentally incompetent and able to, if she had reached out for help, she would have brought been brought back home because she can't mentally decide for herself. That is how Christine pitched Natalia. She made Absolutely. it seem like anything she says is unreasonable. It's fabricated. Look at how many things she's lied about. The father showing the picture of her and her playmate and, and fool them. I, I I truly, truly believe that he is just as sick as Christine, and I can't imagine how painful it was for Natalia 
or the man's because or that father to sit there and listen to him victimize himself. Oh, he is completely unhinged. I don't know how he is remarried. I don't know how he functions in society. Like even in his retelling and his demonstrations where he would act them out, I was like, this man is completely unhinged. Like, and then he hurts himself when he's banging on the floor. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. But you're right, sitting in front of Natalia and saying, you remember the movie Monsters? How that was their monster? She was your monster. She was my monster too. Well, bruh, you were an entire adult. You were a man who could have walked away at any given time. I honestly... He tried to elicit sympathy there. I have no empathy or sympathy None. for him. I said everything that he lost, his inability to have a relationship with his other sons. I feel nothing. I feel like Same. it's his just desserts. And what's even so much, I mean, it's, it's, it's all a tragedy, honestly, on both sides. But the fact that Jacob, their oldest son now lives in his basement when he had all <sighs> of the promise in the world is now that, my heart breaks for him absolutely the fact that you can tell that he is so torn up and really wrecked behind what christine made him do um he was a child but you still have to contend right i could have said no to my mom like i'm sure these are all internal battles that he has and still trying to cover and protect her even now like that was probably one of the the most i think saddening parts of the whole thing like the collateral damage of it all. And it's brainwashing. You have to think, you know, somebody comes in your home and your mom tells you they are trying to kill you. You like, we hate them. I mean, you're young, you know, like you, yeah. when you're 10 and your parents tell you we hate the Steelers, we're Browns fans. You're like, we hate the Steelers. Ah. And it's like, do you really hate them that much? It's like, yeah. And it's like, why? Like my parents told me. And so that not comparing that or making light of it, but truly the minds are so malleable that it's like everybody in your household that you trust hates them. You know what I mean? And it's like you do loathe them a little bit. I don't think he was in a position to understand that their mm-hmm. hatred was misplaced and that she was taking advantage of everybody either serving her or being too young to understand, you know? Absolutely. And he has to pay the price for that now because like you said, he's like, I, I still think about it. I can't forget it. Like, and I know he, he seems the, the son, the oldest son seems to be, um, have some social anxiety or some other things. It seems like I'm um, just eat in his interaction with the camera. And I'm like, I can imagine what he's going Absolutely. through. Like, internally right that he can't actually communicate effectively because his dad is a clown who's just going to again make it about himself it's just like how i my question was i was like Mm -hmm. how did he and christine even make it to have the three boys like i wonder what life was like pre-natalia and that's why I fail to believe it was good i i just don't believe it was good i think it's the classic you look at the family and you think if walls could talk, you know, that's the only way that you could ever know what's going on inside that household. And the, the, the father is so unstable to the point where when he was retelling those stories to Natalia, re-traumatizing her, she may have forgotten the details of her abuse. And he's like, and what? And what? Like, my guy, you just threw out your shoulder like 
Like he he's Intense. too much. And what were you gonna say? <laughs> I I just agree. Like I'm I he he's so disgusting and gross. Like seriously, I was like he, he needs mental help. He really does. I think something is deeply wrong with him. And he uses this victim stance where he uses a stronger voice than he has for everybody he's describing. Like he'll talk about Christine and he'll be like, Michael, I can't even do it. I'm sorry. But he gives her this voice. Right now, you're no, it's true. Like, and, and, and he does get that animated people. Like if you saw my face doing that, that's, that's what he does. Um, but he truly treats Christine like she's a hunt, like she's 400 pounds, eight yeah. foot tall, you know, strong mouth. And then you're right. He goes into this baby voice when it's about, I just, I just couldn't. I couldn't. I just yeah, couldn't I, do anything. I died when he said, uh, uh, this is me sitting in court, just playing an innocent guy. Like, okay, <laughs> okay, you are so, like, you just told on yourself. So uh, I have this but, question for you. Yes. I do have a question for you. Okay, so as it relates to Natalia, you know, we've seen the first season, we've seen the second season from her perspective. What are your thoughts on Natalia? We know that she was young, but was Natalia innocent of everything? I do think Natalia was innocent of everything. I think that at most, this is just my personal opinion, what I could picture happening is saying things that are inappropriate to staff when she was at her treatment facility. Um, potentially also my boyfriend, he brought up a good point too. He was like, you know, if you look at someone and they're telling you that what you see is a six-year-old, but it's really a 22-year-old and they're asking you, you like, are you going to be my boyfriend? You don't view it innocently. Like it's suddenly like, I I don't know what to say here. And so even anything she said that could just be a normal six-year-old admiring, you're six, you know what I mean? Like a attractive guy walks in or and a guy walks in, are you my boyfriend? So I could see that. But even if she was saying very sexual things, I wouldn't be surprised. She was exposed to far too much. I also believe that what she said about not even being able to reach half of the appliances in the house absolutely like the like the idea of her holding a knife and standing in the father's room um i i don't believe it uh when i think of what th they alleged her of i think that all of it was using her having dwarfism as the ability to say well you can't tell how old she is because mm -hmm you know, she's smaller already. And I think it was using ableism personally. That's what I thought. What did you think? Yeah. So for me, I, cause I don't think, okay. So let me, I guess, let me preface it. I do believe that she was innocent in that she was a child. My, yes. my concern was that I felt like she had probably undergone so much trauma even up to the point of being placed with the Barnetts, that there were behaviors that she was demonstrating that were probably very inappropriate and probably yes. um, could have been viewed <laughs> as um, 
I guess, I guess sinister in a way, right? As a kid, but I just think it's because they didn't get her help. Now, what I will say, as we know, is revealed the end of um, the second season. Natalia, I still think to this day has some deep rooted issues, a similarity again, not to be like, oh, Gypsy and her are the same person, but she has an ability. I watched her. She has an ability to, um, she wears sometimes an affect. Like I can see her come in and out, right? As she's like relating, and that could be a trauma response, but as she's like remembering certain things or being called to the carpet on certain things, she'll be very present and then you'll see her withdraw. So I'm thinking that if she hasn't received therapy, and I mean like intensive therapy up to this point, those kind of deep rooted traumatic issues that demonstrated in behaviors, I don't think the behaviors went away. Like I think- they're it's like a sick child is going to be a sick adult if the root causes are never addressed so i think she's probably still um demonstrating some behaviors as a result of the trauma so of course she was innocent as being a young girl just exposed to the wrong things but i do think that now present day I think Natalia has some ways and it's probably going to be challenging to connect with anyone else. But I, I've, I've met people, encountered people that give me the same air as Natalia gives. Um, and it's that kind of inability to trust, that inability to connect. So right. then you kind of go on this rampage of sabotaging every relationship or every, you know, connection. So that's my take. Right. But yeah. Absolutely. I do think that that, and that makes a lot of sense. Like when you think about trauma and you think about having your boundaries encroached on from an early age and un- and undergoing sexual abuse, there is a defense mechanism of keeping every person away, whether it's through physical confrontations, being the person who's always ready to fight, or whether it's being verbally or just scaring them away. I think it's a I think it's a defense mechanism that you develop because and and Gypsy talks about it too. I'll bring her back up. She talks about keeping Ryan away. You know, after having so many people abandon her, how many step how much can I put you through to prove that you really care for me? Are you just gonna leave? And what if I do this? If I knock this over and it breaks, are you gonna stay or am I gonna be in trouble and i think that there's a, a, a testing of that that she's had to do um with them i will say i forgot about this i don't i do believe that the issue with the sister happened where the little where she had hit the little sister to mm-hmm. um correct her behavior whatever she thought she was correcting potentially the baby was crying and what she saw at her orphanage was hitting a baby when they are crying um yeah. I'm not sure, but I believe the Mann family did say that they didn't want to bring Natalia back home. I do too. I agree. I was like, Christine, I was like, she did a lot, but Christine didn't do that. She didn't have any way to know to call the hospital. Like, I agree. Agree. She would have to be sitting across the street in that home. I I mean, like, truly, how would she know that at that moment that she had, you know, hit a baby and the baby had gone to the hospital? It's not like nurses are calling Christine, you know, and telling her, like, she's not Natalia's parent anymore. So it that I, I believe that they did try to do that. And I also believe that their reasons for adoption going to the man family now, I do have some questions for them. You I, know, do I, I, don't, I did. I was suspicious. 
I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> I am. I am. We have you have to be suspicious of intentions and I, you know, I'm optimistic, I'm hopeful for her safety, but it's odd it's odd that they did the adoption towards the end of the um whatever, the season, the documentary after being together so long so long as a family. Um it's it's odd that she wasn't able to act formally sue her family unless she was adopted by them. I don't get that legality issue. So, so here was my take on it. Cause my boyfriend said the same thing. Like, well, what's the point of an adoption? They've had her for 10 years or whatever. So here is my, and I really hate to say it. And I don't want to like besmirch the mans because I think they stepped in probably at a time and they're probably a really good family. I'm hesitant of people who, um, walk in under the guise of religion is like the savior to help. Like it's the picture for me, the optics, yes. it, ma- it makes me a little wonky. Um, but I do think that there was potentially financial gain um, as a motivation, right? I think the waiting for Natalia um, to become an adult before the adoption had to do with money because um, when you're like a ward of the state or like a foster child, that child gets benefits from the state they get i believe right. um some sort of like money every month i think they might get like food stamps um probably full insurance coverage things like that so i think they probably didn't do that for a financial reason now when she said that i think because i don't know i don't natalia is fully aware i don't think she has diminished capacity in terms of her ability to advocate for herself but i do have a sneaking suspicion that there probably would have been they probably would have been like her power of attorney or whatever in any future proceedings and they definitely would have gotten a percentage it wasn't a completely altruistic um yes situation in my mind like at all i agree i agree and it's like just acknowledge it because, you know, people are going to see through it. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's fine to say it's both. You know what I mean? It's, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, at least just be honest about it. That's my perception. Yeah. We've spent a lot of time uh, and energy with Natalia. We deserve a cut. We deserve 10% of whatever. Right. Or we've spent a lot of medical bills. Like, our family's in debt now. At valid. Fine. You know, like, understandable. Um, The thing about religion is so true, though, because... I do think that while I absolutely believe that God is going to be a rock for her and having faith would be important and help with healing, there's a lot of censorship involved in that household, even the ability to not curse. And it makes me wonder how much she could express herself and truly figure things out on her own without things being decided for her when her whole life was a series of we've already decided you go here and here. Mm -hmm. Which is another parallel to Gypsy, right? Like you have to conform and kind of be in this box. And I noticed not, not to be, and I don't know if they're like, what their denomination is, but I did notice that she nor the man, like her mom, her new mom ever wore pants. So you can kind of tell already uh, the tone, right? Of the, of the situation in terms of their religious beliefs. So I think you're right. No, they're probably definitely within some, um, strong confines in terms of what's appropriate, right. what's not appropriate. These are our boundaries, right? Like this is what you can wear. You have, you can't cut your hair. 
right? So right. it's um, right. it's it's interesting to kind of to look at that. But yeah, I, I just I hate religion being attached to anything like that because when stuff comes out and it's not all on the up and up, people tend to blame God. Like it was God. And it's like no, it was this no. person who professed that. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Or who, um, you know, manipulates the word to apply the way that they want it to, you know, um, it's, it's, they might it's be very interesting. They, yeah. they, 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 they probably are. So what did you think? So, but like rapid, like getting to the end of everything, these last two minutes. Yes. <laughs> what did you think about the call to the producers? Like, what were your thoughts? Please remind me what happened with that. Because I okay. am blanking as you're asking. Yeah, no. So Natalia's done. The adapt adoption's done. We think the series is over. It goes to, you know, pants to Natalia wearing all black in her black lipstick sitting on the porch. And we hear the bishop call the producers. And he's like, enough is enough. We're done. She's done stuff before. But this takes the cake. And then, you know, the mom jumps in and she's like, she's stabbing her family in the back. She's tweaking right now, all this stuff. And then it's like, you know, the story continues. I didn't see that. I didn't see what? this. I turned it off. Dude, I turned it off. No. Oh, my God. No, there's a, you had to wait till like the very end. No, no, the mans are done. They said, we're done with her. We're washing our hands Ooh. of her. She's no longer. I cannot believe you, Leah. You have to go oh back and you have, you have to watch the last oh. two minutes. It's like two minutes and 23 seconds. Oh my God. Yeah. So me and you are spot on when we're like, ah, uh, you know, things could be like, I didn't even know that. Oh yeah. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like a call. It's no audio. And then it pans to Natalia and they say it, it's parallel to the orphan. I've never watched it because horror freaks me out. But she's sitting on this little, you know, porch and she's wearing all black. She's kind of got this look on her face, like this sinister, devious look. Uh, and they're like, we're done with her. She's done stuff in the past, but this takes the cake. Um, she's stabbing her family in the back. We're, we're sick of her. We're done. We wash our hands. And then it's like more, there'll be more to the story or Natalia Gray's story continues or something like that. Okay. So... <laughs> I'm like it's choking. <laughs> um, that just is shocking. Um, my opinion is that they're gonna swindle us again. It's going to be a story of how the mans are did something to her, how they were having not just transparent reasons how they were wanting a piece of fame how they were wanting monetization and i think it's going to be did natalia do something or is it that you know or what did she do and then it's going to end up like swindling us again like no this actually she was the victim again and so that that's what i feel like after how they did us the first two seasons that's what i feel like it'll be okay. i feel like it's clickbait yeah yeah. Clickbait. We see through you. Yeah, but I'll be watching. Yeah. Like with that being said, I'll be watching. But absolutely, because I'll have mm. to know at this point. But yeah, overall, I think it was an interesting story. It does make it does beg the question: How many other people have endured this, especially with international adoptions? So it did kind of 
you know, kind of opened that up in my mind. And the fact that she had gone through two homes, was it two homes before um, the yes. Barnett? Or- and then a couple of possible... Did she oh, only yes. have one official adoption before? Okay. I think it was one official. And then it did sound like she stayed somewhere for a brief period of time, but they couldn't pay yeah. all of the legal fees. There was that too. There was a, there was a piece of, you know, the, the not, not the word like pimping her out, but almost. And then you think of that interaction with Fred where she kind of offers her like young daughter to date that 40 year old man. That was the end all be all because i'm like it's not enough that you because i don't know if we've touched into it, but you you you've re-aged this six seven year old at this point eight year old maybe at that point you move her into an apartment community um what it what it what did she say she never taught me stranger danger and so this little yeah. eight nine year old is going to all these random people's homes knocking on their doors like going into their homes and it was exposed to god knows what i don't think natalia shared everything of course she probably right Ugh. i just i mean it, i don't know and this is probably his only saving grace the dad and, and i'll give it to him for that because they did say that the only reason she kept electricity and food was because of him because christine had stopped paying the bills so i will say at least in that part he did do I mean, it was the very least he could do, honestly. But no, it's just, it was, I I just honestly don't have any words. The fact that you could try to pimp out your child. And, and, and Christine knew that was a baby. And then to the same Absolutely. guy that you apparently had a fetish for or something, Christine was a, a weirdo. Absolutely. Let's be honest. Like, I'm like, she didn't have time to call the hospital to say what happened with the mans, but she, she was busy sending her nudes and weird awkward lingerie pics to random men across the internet so (laughs) awkward like like emphasis on awkward because i was like ew get this off my screen like i don't want to see this um shoot i had one more thing to say about natalia and i just forgot it might come back to me it might not um was it about her living on her own Oh, that was, yes, it was. That was the worst thing that they did to her. That was, that not the worst, but that was, that and then afterwards. So when she got dropped off to a halfway house and she spent two or three days there and she saw people having sex, shooting up at eight, that is the absolute, that's the, that I can't imagine how much she saw that she shouldn't have in there alone or how much she could have been physically um, hurt that she hasn't even spoken about truly like it's i i don't know how either of them live with themselves honestly like in the fact that even in the apology he gave it wasn't an adequate or appropriate apology like you can't even take ownership for everything that you allowed because let's be clear um you were um what's the word you were complicit in everything that was done you know, if Absolutely. not the actual doer, you were right there cheering her on the whole time. You guys were having secret conversations about it. Like, oh, let's get her. We're going to we're going to we're going to get her this way. You know how awful she is. You know, I'm going to make her pay, you know, like about a uh, child. Like, it's sick. 
And then he and then he retells stories, like when he says that he would video Christine <laughs> to show her how egregious she looks and try to show her to not do that. No, no, you wanted you wanted it. You wanted it to. I don't know. Who knows Probably what you guys did with that? Commiserate and laugh about it afterwards. Exactly. Like, look, look, look exactly. at her. Look at her. Look at how she looks in this position. You know, just sick. It's sick. Um, let's let's <laughs> let's move to Gypsy. I mean, we said we were going to go twenty minutes. I ended up going probably like oh forty one. Woo! I that story just had like way more to get through. Um, let's talk about Gypsy. So first of all, setting the scene. If you've lived under a rock, Gypsy Rose was somebody whose mother had Munchausen syndrome by proxy, which is essentially where you do things to make your child either ill or appear ill to everybody around them. Um, Lots of times people put blood in urine. People give their child a feeding tube. Um, People shave their head or administer drugs that they don't need. Gypsy had all of these things and more. Um, And she endured that for... How long did she endure it? 19 years? Oh my goodness. Yes, it was sick 19 years. Um, yes. Yeah, she was 19 when it all went down. So, yeah. Okay, so she endured this for 19 years. She underwent 30 unnecessary surgeries um, in total. And she had no autonomy. And she thought she was younger than she was. So at 19, Gypsy thought she was 14. We'll preface mm-hmm. with that. Her mom shaved her head, had her teeth taken out, told her she was 14 years old, a perpetual child. And meanwhile, she was healthy. And when Gypsy discovers this to get out, ultimately her mother, she has her mother murdered by her ex-boyfriend. She did nine years in prison and she just got out. Is that a good re- Is that a good recap yeah that was a good synopsis for sure that's it in a nutshell okay so that's it in a nutshell and she underwent severe child abuse and i want to say really quick before we dive into gypsy i looked up other cases of munchausen syndrome by proxy that's happened because i'm just curious like are there cases worse than gypsy is she the worst and i read through eight cases and all of them resulted in the fatality of the child and some children went under 1,800 surgeries. Some mothers killed all nine of their babies. And it's just a warning that this is a very serious mental condition. And it wasn't an option for her to stay in that house. So there's a lot of controversy on how she got out of the house. But as far as staying in it, it's it's almost rarely heard of for the child to survive experiences that severe. I totally agree. Uh, and I know that there are campaigns that are railing against Gypsy. Um, and like I said earlier, I, I Gypsy has an innate ability to manipulate to this day. I think because of the lessons she learned from her mother. However, she was she was the victim and if she hadn't gotten out she wouldn't be here today like that's all there is to it in my mind and i think it was one of those by any means necessary situations um we also have to take into consideration that she was on medications uh gosh knows (sighs) how many medications to kind of keep her numbed up or in this kind of altered state at all times um and then i (sighs) 
definitely some diminished capacity too if you think about just her the lack of education like just kind of this place that her mom had held her in this little bubble this little space so like I said I know there's campaigns that rail against Gypsy and kind of the fact that her star is risen post release um, which we can get into and talk about what that looks like for her but I you know it, it was what it was was it a great situation? Would I, would I have hoped that she could have communicated it to someone who could have actually helped her? Absolutely. Right. I, I hate that it yes. went this route, especially learning what we learned um, in this three-night documentary, even about Dee Dee's childhood. Um, because I, I'll just throw it out there that I feel like I, I think the grandpa did it. I believe that if the grandpa subjected Gypsy to that, gosh knows what he did to his own daughter. And Absolutely. it also kind of begs the question about Dee Dee because Dee Dee was in fact a predator as well. Gypsy's father was 17 years old and she yes. was, Dee Dee was 23. Like that's not okay. I think it was a cycle of abuse that was perpetrated. And I think yes. Dee Dee was just kind of to the, the 10th power. That That's absolutely a really great way to break that down. And I think that one thing that I found so interesting watching Nick Vile's podcast episode with Gypsy Rose that dropped today that we didn't get in the documentary is it's just time, her talking, that an editor doesn't have the ability to just cut, 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 and just get across the same points that we've been getting. And Gypsy takes so much accountability and recognition for she was conditioned to lie, to cheat, and to project an image of herself to evoke sympathy. She has taken a lot of prison courses and classes on accountability to the point where she recognizes that first of all, that's not right. So she's trying to rewire her brain. And second of all, that she made decisions prior to the crime that she could have opted to not make that could have changed the fate of things. And she takes accountability and wishes she did differently. That alone is such a stark contrast from the attitude we get from the Barnetts when we hear him speak that I do truly believe that for sure. she's not just saying that for publicity. I truly believe sitting there for nine years, you know, and, the, and another thing is that Gypsy cleared up is she loved her mom. People think like people have messaged her and said to her, she got what she deserved, or I would have done the same thing they said to her in prison. And she's like, it sickens me. She's like, because I loved her, you know, like I loved my mom, but I had to get out of there. And I already felt like there's no way to leave. I tried to run away three times and all three times she found me. And when she mm -hmm. brought me home, I was punished worse. Um, so chained that was i wrote that down for things we didn't know i had no idea prior her mom used a dog leash and hand um no no the kind of the breakdown of it in this in this prison confessions was kind of the, our first time getting a true glimpse into that and i know gypsy I, I i i didn't know that the act was unauthorized i thought you know they had consulted um, with Gypsy for that. So when she came on and was like, no, I've lived it. I didn't need to watch it or any of those things. I was like, oh, okay. So we only got kind of a fragment of what was really going on. So no, it was super telling. And I agree with you to the point of 
her taking ownership and responsibility. I do feel like that came through um, in prison confessions. I felt yeah. like I felt like she did not do what we see a lot of criminals do, which is deflect and try to pass the bus. Um, she was like, no, I, I did it and I'm sorry for it. She's like, I just, I just don't, you know, no, I think she's been very candid and very honest. Yes. I'll give, I'll absolutely give that to her. And it does make so much sense. She was kind of conditioned to be a master manipulator. Like that was her yes. training. <laughs> yes. So it probably still, she probably still has residue of that. And she said, you know, too, if I, you know, it, it, if she had the socialization, she was at school to have multiple personalities, have, you know, some people are like, I watch Disney movies. I didn't do this. Okay. Then you, then you went to school and a guy snapped your bra and you quickly realized that Prince Charming was a dick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So was going to be a little douche to you to show you he liked you for a few years. Um, so Gypsy didn't have that, nor does she have girlfriends to talk about behavior with and compare things to. So if she had asked someone who did not have multiple personalities, they would never have agreed to the idea or thought it was reasonable to kill her mother. It would have been, and this is the other thing, people need to, people need to keep in mind that while Gypsy could have asked for help, her mother legally made it so that she couldn't. She was declared mentally incompetent. Anything okay. said by Gypsy was going to be not believed. I, I truly don't even know if family would have believed her. Even if she told her dad, I'm not sure what he would have said. What family could, and that's the other thing. It's like, it's like, so we know that Dee Dee and, and Gypsy's dad, there was the age gap, right? She, she kind of, took the 17 year old boy and did whatever. And he didn't love her. He told her that Dee Dee gets mad, runs away, does all these things. So what really was that dynamic and how much access did he really have to Gypsy um, growing up? How, how safe was that? Now we know that um, Dee did allow Gypsy to talk to her grandfather, but now we know what was going on with granddad. So was That's that such really a, good a place point. she could have gone to? I don't think she felt... Uh, ex well, if we go by what happened in the act, when they moved to, what was it, St. Louis, when they moved to Missouri and they do the Habitat for Humanity and Gypsy starts connecting with, like, the neighbors, that was kind of, like, the first time we saw her have, like, someone outside Friends. of the home that maybe she could have confided in. And I think that's yes. what kind of helped lead to everything. But you're right. There was no one that was really going to trust her not in terms of the yes. authorities and i don't know what people understand what it's like to be or the, how serious it is to be declared mentally incompetent it basically means that you have this one person that's over all of your affairs if something goes on with you they're always going to be contacted so D there was never a situation where Dee would not be brought into it there was never going to be a safe space for her absolutely um, in terms of I talking to medical professionals police officers, no one yeah you're so right. And not even not brought into it, picked up by her. Like, oh, you just called against her. She's your ride. You know what I mean? Like you're going back home with her. Um, and you brought up such a great point because not only was her father kept from her, but her mom told her, your dad doesn't love you. He doesn't love us. He has a new family. He doesn't even send you money, Gypsy. He doesn't love you. You know what I mean? And 
putting that in a child's brain who already feels abandonment issues that their parent has left. Um, you believe that, you know what I mean? Like you're not, you're not so gung ho. And the father takes accountability. He says, I wasn't there for Gypsy to know mm -hmm. that she could have told me, you know, I, I wasn't there in that capacity. Um, and she talks about on Nick Vile's podcast, and this was so interesting to me, that her mom consciously had her circle get smaller as she got older. You know, at sure. first, you can trust her to go to school and be around a couple people. But as she can speak and as she can tell her own story, she kept that circle like one person, and that's herself. Sure. And she had to because <laughs> she didn't want to be outed or, you know, exposed in that way i would like for them eventually to go do a deep dive on dd though i'm i'm interested yes. kind of i really am interested in in her upbringing and how she got to this point where she would do all of these things to her baby and then even tell the baby that she's gonna die that she's got leukemia that was like what the final <laughs> sickness right and she said every every other month it was like okay yes. she's got a year to live she's got a couple months to live it was perpetually you know her baby is going to die and she was going to carry it out at some point. Um, it, you just knew Dee, Dee was going to take her out at some point. Like it was bound to happen. It was inevitable. And Dee, Dee one other thing we never found out about her is what was her medical condition like? Because in the act, you almost feel like she has like diabetes mellitus or something's going on. Um, and edema in her legs like her legs got super swollen and she couldn't walk around the mall kind of limiting her physical capacity um so they never touched on that and like at least to my knowledge in any of this so i'm kind of wondering like what was going on with dd too and also the fact that she had like these um strong pain pills because um gypsy was like i would take my mom's pain pills and i'm like well why does your mom have pain pills like she had a surgery, though. We know about a surgery Dee Dee had, right? And then she stole like, her doctor's script pad and she oh, wrote okay. herself the prescriptions. So that's how she had everything. <laughs> Can you believe that? She just oh. said, like, eh, eh, like crazy. That is that's crazy. Um, what do you think about the doctors who did these surgeries and the fact that gypsy as far as getting malpractice and suing these doctors like nobody no attorney really wants to take on the case like those two questions i have for you well i think so like fun fact i've worked in insurance for like the past like a million years right so <laughs> it, what's crazy now is that what happened then i don't think could happen now especially if gypsy had a state-funded um, insurance program like Medicaid or something like that because now they have especially for people who get prescribed very strong drugs they kind of have this like one doctor one pharmacy rule so I don't some of those things I don't think could happen present day but um, I will say it's a lack of due diligence on a lot of the doctors behalf I will say that the one doctor that was in the documentary um, you could tell like he had a, it seemed to be a visceral reaction right um to now looking back at every sign that he missed kind of just trusting the word of a mom until what they say his medical assistant felt like hey we need to look into this because um yeah i but you know back then i don't know if they had the technology or 
because didn't wasn't there like there were date of birth changes um there yes. were certain demographic changes that Dee Dee did to kind of fly under the radar <sighs> I think though some tests you kind of have to do two or three times like I can't see how you say she's got this terrible terminal illness without a concrete diagnosis like I don't that part right. I don't understand. So I, I believe they should be culpable. I think it's probably the attorneys um, finding some sort of intention maybe on the doctor's part or some sort of um, lack of due diligence based yes. on whatever the medical criteria are. And so that might be hard to prove because the doctors probably, you know, asked for the information. Dee Dee signed a consent, release of information. That's all you can really... Yes. Oh, it's so crazy because, you know, like even thinking like neurologically, like when you think that she, her legs aren't working, the, the nerve test that they do, you can't fake it. You can't fake your leg shooting a reaction when the doctor hits it with the mallet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what the fuck were they doing? Genuinely, what did her appointments consist of? I, 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 Friend, I, I don't get I've watched enough of these medical these doc bad surgeon, doctor death, all this stuff. It's not surprising to me that doctors get away with everything. Like I, sometimes I wonder True. like, what do y'all, what do y'all do? Like, it, cause I would think you would do a first test, the second test. Like, let's make sure this, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't seem yes. right. Let's, you know, like where's Dr. House when you need him. <laughs> but there had to be some level of um, like, yeah, the doctors were not, they couldn't have been on the level, right? Like, there's no way. Because it's like, you're just not doing what you're supposed to do. Absolutely. I think you're taking her word for it, and you're just not doing your due diligence at the end of the day. Somebody and will take it. She needs to find Michael's lawyers. They'll do it from um, Natalia Grace. His lawyers will do anything. Oh, my God. So true. So, so true. Um. What do you, Gypsy, what do you think about her ex, Nicholas, being in prison? And do you want to know what Gypsy said on Nick Vile's podcast when they asked her if she feels bad for him? Well, like, I definitely want to know. But here's, and this might be an unpopular opinion, because I've had so many people come under my video um, that I did about the kind of my initial impressions of the documentary. And they're like, well, I just want to know why she's out and he's locked up. And I just want to say that that man is certifiable and he does not need to be on anybody's streets ever. If it hadn't have been Gypsy's mom, he would have done that to someone else. It I think he had murderous tendencies. And what I, what I say in terms of my perspective, in terms of why she got second degree, why he got first degree, I think there's extenuating circumstances on both sides, right? Like, I feel like he crossed state lines. He was ready. He kind of had, she initially planned it, but he kind of had the details and took control of it. He had these murderous tendencies. He not only wanted to take her out, but then he also wanted to violate her after post-mortem, which is like, what the heck? He had delusions. He thought he was some 400, 500 year old vampire named Victor. Like there are so many other things as it relates to him that need to be dealt with. Now, do I think he should be in prison? I think he needs to be somewhere for the criminally insane. I think he needs intensive 
treatment and therapy. But I will say, I think if it hadn't been Gypsy in that situation, it would have been a, another situation. He he wanted to kill, like, in my opinion. Absolutely. But I do want to know what she said. Absolutely. What did she say? <laughs> I, I agree. She pretty much kind of said what you said, actually. Um, pretty much it's like, you know she she's not going to comment and say that he should be in a mental facility rather than prison because um i i don't even think legally her attorneys would let her make a statement like that you know she's like she acknowledges that she's the reason for nick being in prison you know that she's the reason for it but she doesn't know she feels sympathetic for him because she believes that nick had murderous tendencies he had a fantasy and a desire to murder and he mm -hmm got the ability to live out his dark fantasy like he had these dark fantasies he got the ability to do that it's something that he wanted to do he wanted to kill he wanted to rape he got the chance to do that and he took it um i, I um, I think that he belongs in a mental health facility and I hope that he can get enough treatment and maybe be somewhere that's even a little bit more comfortable to be you know for him but i don't think that he should be in society because no. i i i really think it would i really think it's dangerous that's just my I personal opinion yeah that's yeah, my personal I, I, opinion yeah no i think no, raping the no, daughter no, no, no. at 13 like he like he said he had ideal ideations and hopes of if gypsy and him have a child that he would rape her at 13 years old what Yes, they said that in the Lifetime special. It was it was so gross. That was oh, the I must have missed that. That was the um like the, the their their parameters of their relationship. Like first of all, he got to rape either Gypsy or her mother after he I murdered her, and that when they had children and their thirteenth birthday, he was allowed to take their daughter's virginity. So that comment doesn't make me think he should ever be around children ever be an uncle Never. ever be but no i i totally agree with that go to john or whatever his name is he needs to be under the jail like you know get him the help he needs all the things but he does not need to i don't know why people are saying that he should be like why is she out and he's still in i i think it's they're it's just different <laughs> it's just very different and like, he's scary and you know what? Like, he didn't have a fair trial, so I'll admit it. He had a public defender. They did not tell the judge that he had autism. They did not tell the judge his IQ. They did not tell the judge that it was Gypsy's plan and that he went through with it. They didn't do anything for him. They did not bring in a psychological evaluation. Um, none of that. All, all of those details that would be pertinent, they did not say on his behalf. How did they so, end up getting I separate know, trials? I think it was because he committed the act and she was the accomplice to murder. And since that's not a real charge, she just got charged for, I, I think, like orchestrating it or something. Um, I don't know okay. what the charge is legally called, but okay. um, he had a public defender. And I don't know if her father paid for her attorney. I've, I've always wondered that. How did she have an attorney? I've always wondered that. That was better than just a public defender. Um, but she did and he didn't. And I do know that for somebody who is on the autism spectrum, that you typically can't get charged first degree murder. So that charge shouldn't have been stuck on him. It should have at least been a second okay. or... 
I, I don't know what other word to use. Like, I don't know what other charge they'd give him, but I, I do know that he was charged unfairly and that all the information that Gypsy's been saying in her documentaries have kind of like screwed the pooch a little. Like, it's kind of like you should have just sat there and ate your food because you've said stuff now that makes it look like you were a little bit more involved than before. And now well, his though. lawyers have grounds. Yes. Yes. Like that, for example. I don't know that that video needed to be out there. Ever. 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 So I was just going to say, um, do, so you think they're going to... <laughs> like what? Um, so you think they're going to... He's going to get a new trial? Go to John. Will he get another trial? I would think so. I would think. It's okay. it's interesting because public says, like, I keep hearing he can't get a new trial. Gypsy said on Nick Vile's podcast today that he was going to be in prison for the rest of his life. I don't know how she can confidently say that. Well, but I did hear on court TV that they were going to at least try for a retrial. Okay. Because, yeah, I remember reading something yesterday or whatever, and they were like a couple years ago, they had made an appeal um, for ineffective counsel. Like you were saying, it was just a public defender that didn't do the job. And they were like, no, <laughs> you'll never be free. Um, okay, Ryan. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan is the new boosty, right? Ryan is, He's the Ryan new is her. Okay, yeah. I'm just going to put it out there. I think I'm grossed out. And I'm a girly who watches life after lockup. So I feel like I'm a connoisseur of outside <laughs> relationships, right? <laughs> no, I think that most of I think that most of the men that seek women, especially in this kind of, of a high profile situation, they are definitely opportunists. Um, they definitely have something in mind in terms of, of like manipulation and control. So here, here, here's my predictions and here's my thought, right? They're, they are married now. Um, it's not going to last long. I hope, I just pray Gypsy doesn't end up back in the slammer. I hope he doesn't get violent. I hope he doesn't do any of the things, but there's something about him um, that gives controlling vibes to me that gives like, I'm going to try to run your life that gives I'm insecure about kind of who I am as a man. Like I, I think it's, I think it's unhealthy. I think Gypsy should have listened to her, 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 um, mother, what is it? Her stepmom, stepmom and her sister mm -hmm. who said, date him, have a great relationship, but don't get married. As soon as you get out, live your life a little bit see what the outside is like don't be beholden to some stranger because let's be serious like um all i can do all i can do is pray for my good sis but i don't think he's a good guy i don't get good guy vibes from him i i agree with a lot of what you said but for me my issue is the timing i don't understand why a good a good man who's confident in himself confident in their relationship and also just strong enough to say i hope you want to be with me but you've never dated you've never even been on a physical date so you need to do that because until then i don't want you to be with me because you're going to be curious in a couple of years no what does he do he wants to get married on their seventh Lock visit yeah, their seventh visit before she's out of prison, get married, do the whole thing. And in my mind, that's so that she 
can't change her mind. And so that he has access to her financial assets. And likely she didn't issue a prenup because she didn't know she had 6 million followers waiting for her. How could she? How could she know? Um, I do think that it's concerning that even multiple times, no matter how many people ask him, what did you think when you watched Gypsy Rose's story? And he says, I watched it three years ago and I felt, I don't even know if he says I felt bad for her. So I'm not going to add that. He says, I thought she was cute. He says, I thought she was cute. That's it. That's it. Every time. That's it. So, so shallow and so gross. And what was cute about her? Truly. Her head was shaved. She was emaciated. She was missing teeth. Like, be serious. And she looked like a 13-year-old girl. She looked 14. I don't know what was cute about it. And then he's a teacher. And he works with, he works with kiddos, right? I just feel like. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's, it's, it's. It's a mess. I do. I, I feel like he's, I think you're right. And I think what the thing that she didn't want to do is the thing that she's doing because her family and her have said, you know, I was, when she said, I felt more, like the most freedom, like her first day in jail, I think she said she felt like the most free she'd ever felt in her life. But I'm like, you leave the prison of your mom's control. You go to a real prison where you're definitely a prisoner and now you're entering this marriage and not saying marriage is a prison, but you're on lockdown. You you don't have time yes. to really understand and be in the world and be around people and explore who you are as a woman. Like, And for any man to see that and to be like, I still want to lock you down. I want to make you mine. Um, and not give her the freedom and the opportunity to do that. I have a question for you, though. So I think in episode six, um, you know, they talk about they got married and then they were immediately like, I want to, she's like a couple weeks yeah. later, I think we should get an annulment. I don't know if he's enough for me. I don't know, whatever. He talked her off the ledge. What do you think about the long-term viability of their marriage? No, I don't think that they're going <laughs> I don't think that they're going to stay together because um, if they do, great. I want to preface with I am wishing Gypsy the absolute happiness. Absolutely. Like, and I and when I say these things, it is because I am unbiased and I don't care about hurting Ryan's feelings. I am seeing yeah, somebody yeah. who's been a victim of the system, adults, people not helping her, people who do love her, abusing her. So I'm giving my true opinion the way I give my opinion on like Amanda Bynes' life. And it's like, I'm only thinking of you, <laughs> like only mm-hmm. thinking of you and your life. Um, so with that being said, I think that it's a, it, it, it's, it's just a disservice to treat yourself like you're not, you're not gonna be curious. You mean to tell me that with her celebrity status, Let's just say, shit, Jack Harlow comes up and he says, Come I want to date you. I want to date you. She's going to say no. She's going to say no. He wants her to say no to everybody who she could for Ryan. And I'm not in the no shade, no tea oh, towards shade him. shade on my end. But it's, it's shade. I shade. <laughs> Ryan. I'm shade. <laughs> Ryan, you know you're lucky. Like, Ryan, don't play with me. Like, Jack Harlow... Be serious. Bobby Aldorf. Like, yeah. B- 
Bobby Aldoff or whatever the hell, she got on Drake, like, randomly to sit in the same bed as her. You know what I mean? Like, anything's possible. Anything's possible. So... I think they jumped the gun. I don't think it's going to last. I appreciate her sister's genuine concern and just kind of being like, it's feeling opportunist. Like, she's like, I feel a little bit better, but. Not really. I, I wouldn't. I don't feel good about it. Yeah, but not really. Like, she pretty much said that, which I loved. Um, I did, too. I was like, oh, I like her sister. <laughs> Me, too. I'm like, yes. But, but Gypsy um, has the spirit about her. You can tell that. And I, I mean, she's very charismatic. Even watching her, she's blossomed blossomed into this beautiful woman. And Absolutely. like you said, with this kind of, with her star rising, she's going to want to see. And uh, listen, Ryan, you might have been a nice guy while she was on the inside, but uh, I love her. Yeah. And I just, oh. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying from what I've seen. They, they. I mean, they, they, what do I want to say? They do something different while they're locked up. And then when they get out, it's a different story because you were a means to an end, right? While they're inside. And then when you get out, it's the real world. These men, like these men have been locked down for seven, five, four years. They haven't been around another woman. And you think you're, I'm sorry, sis. That's not how any of this works. So I'd say for Ryan, I'm sorry, bro. This isn't how any of this works at all no um yeah and i yeah it's just and i just don't want it to become an abusive situation i know people who've been abused and in these types of situations are easily brought back into these spaces and so i'm just hoping like i said he doesn't go there because if she starts feeling trapped and stuff it could be really not great for anybody so like you said godspeed to them i hope the best i hope i'm wrong I hope I hope I'm wrong in that it lasts forever, but it's not. The one good thing that I'm gonna say is he didn't have a social media presence. So like part of me is like, okay, not a hundred percent a clout chaser, but that doesn't mean anything to me. I do I do wanna say she does need someone in her life that's a rock. However, like her sister said, it didn't need to be him. You know what I mean? Like it just didn't. Um I, I really, truly wish them well. I think that he seems like a nice guy. I do. I think he seems nice. I do think that he has a lot of insecurities. I think seeing the amount of letters Gypsy got from men, um, just like her, her previous boyfriends that still want to reach out to her, I think that's going to get to him. And I think ultimately Gypsy will have to validate him a lot. That's draining. Um and I just wish that I wouldn't say anybody who is dealing with as much trauma as she is should be in the spotlight right now. I hope no. that she's done these interviews. It's able to get her some connections and now she can pull back and wait to launch to land her advocacy program that she wants to do and just kind of sit back because if she doesn't fame is a hell of a drug and that's a whole other series of things for her to learn about. Absolutely. And then knowing that she struggled with addiction even later um, while she was, you know, it, it's a recipe for it, it, potential disaster. Again, I'm I'm praying the best for her because I want her to win. I think Same. it was a terrible situation to be untenable, right? 
um, for her to be in from the beginning. And I pray and hope that she can hold tight to her core group, which is like her, her stepmom, her dad, her sister, like that core group. And she can build that up. And I pray that she's getting like intense therapy, like, like weekly. Like, I hope that she's actively pursuing that. Um, and doesn't slack off on it. Cause you know, it's easy. Like you said, your fame is, is definitely a drug and she's going to yes. get offers up the wazoo for exclusives, book deals. Like I see her, she's posting on socials. Like I, yeah. you know, and people can act like all day. Like we haven't heard every single person say with fast money comes fast problems. Let's be real. You have I you have six million followers. She's gonna make a decent chunk of change from even just her social media presence very soon. Um mm -hmm. having access to that when you have never had a life like that. Mm -hmm. About Taylor Swift, about so Ryan on the Nick Vile podcast said that he thinks that the reason they had to leave Kansas City it was because Taylor Swift's people found out she was going to be there and they said, no, no, Taylor can't be there and sent them off. He said that on Nick Vile's podcast, which I thought was really funny that he said that. Do we really think that Taylor's checking for Gypsy like that? Like, do we really no. think she was scared of the whole stalking no. thing or whatever they allege? Like, no, Taylor doesn't care. She's unbothered. I believe like, that it's going against your parole. Like if you're, if you asked one parole officer and they said yes, and then you didn't ask the other one, that sounds about right for every person I know who has had to deal with being on parole. It's not fun. You're micromanaged. You're free, mm -hmm. but you still have a lot of things that you can't do. Um, I don't think that Taylor Swift was involved personally. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think it was a matter of she's going to cause a frenzy. Like, I mean, seriously, she got released, right? And they were like, you need to get out of town. Like, we just don't want you here, period, because <laughs> we don't want any smoke. Like, get out of our town, get out of our world, get out of our life. I think it was that uh, Taylor could care less, please. See, and he's probably... The Ryan guy, he's going to feed into that star thing. It's going to be like a codependent situation. And she's going to have to constantly affirm him. And he's going to be like, oh, but you you're hit great. It. These people are worried about you. Oh, 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 oh. And she's going to have to be like, no, baby, but it's only you. It's only you, Ryan. But it's her. Like, imagine. <laughs> imagine who's going to be in her DMs. Imagine who's going to be. And she's curious. She's curious. She wants to know. I'm curious, like, I'm curious for her. Like, you know what I mean? Like, hello, people are curious. Um, yeah. Curiosity. And she's entitled to it. Her childhood was stripped away. Her adolescence was stripped away. Her 20s were taken from her. She's never gone to, she's never had a college experience, a party experience. Like, yeah. not saying that she wants to do these things at 32, but I hope that she, what they do want is they want to have a child soon. I hope that they don't. I hope that they wait and I hope that she does not get locked into that. That's just my personal That's thought. another, see, that's another thing to me with him. Um, and that might be partly her idea too, but I do think it's him. Um, because lock her down with marriage, lock her down with a baby. That gives me, you know, twice the chance of her staying put. Agreed. Agreed. And I think that that in itself are the behaviors that you can't ignore because those men are controlling. They are intentional behaviors the same way that Dee Dee was intentionally making the circle tighter and tighter. And, the you know, people do have some sort of concept of what they're after. And like I said, 
if he met her in the outside world, fine. To even write to her in prison, I'm watching you. I don't trust you. You know what I mean? Like to me, it's odd to write to someone after prison with the with the goal of being in a relationship with them because you think they're cute from a murder trial. It's just not common thought process. No, and th- and that's what and that's what thinks that that's what makes me feel like she was a prime target for a. And I'm not calling him a predator, right. but a predator like person. Because what about her? What about her in that trial or before, even in the act, even if you watch that show, what was attractive about little Gypsy Rose Lee? Like she was a victim, like a perpetual victim. Absolutely. What, what, what was your, she was cute. How was she cute? Agreed. Agreed. And and those are the, she looked like a kid. Like that's, that's throwing me. The fact that she literally looked like a little kid (laughs) and you said, oh, she's cute. Let me write her in prison. And, like, nobody called him on that. You know what I mean? Like, to me, that's odd. Like, to me, like, you would think at least one interviewer would say, would ask about that. Because it's, it's, and it kind of, you know, I'm not meaning to dump on Ryan, but when there are gray areas like that, you don't know how to feel. I'm not a parent. I would not know how to feel, though. Exactly. And people and anybody is capable of anything. Like I don't run anything by anyone. And of course, we're not saying he is or isn't something. It's just like you said, it's very odd. You didn't come in saying, I saw how she was treated. And I know I could treat her better than that. Or I want to help restore her. Or I just want to be a support system for her. You said she was cute. And like, bruh. Absolutely. Even just to say I had a similar upbringing. I was in an abusive situation. When I heard your story, I thought we would really be good for each other because we'd understand what we've gone through. That's fine. It's like, you know what, do you need cue cards, Ryan? Because I could tell you a couple of other things that would come across better than just saying that she's cute. And if it's anxiety that's just making him condense down the cute it needs to be worked on, you know, because it could be, yeah. it could be, you know, not knowing what to say. She's cute, but like you need to work on that because it's giving others the wrong impression. Yeah, I think it was just a matter of, you know, I'm the best thing smoking for her where she's at right now. Let me put my bid in. She's oh a captive audience, right? Like, I agree. I and it, right. Right. I always say I reserve the right to change my mind. So I just hope that everybody remembers that. And, you know, the Internet, people people can take clips that that that's fine. But our intention is not to berate Ryan. We're actually just saying that there are legitimate, practical red flags that we've noticed that would make us if she was our daughter or even a close friend say, are you sure? Are you 100 percent sure? For sure. And that's all we're saying. Absolutely. In our way. Um, season three of Natalia Speaks, I want to bring you back on so that we can recap that episode together. For sure. Absolutely. Okay, perfect. Let's do it. And I also want to say as a reminder, if you haven't already throughout this episode gotten out your phone, get it out, follow my sweet perspective, one word, on TikTok, Utah, Utah, I was called Utah, YouTube, and Instagram, mm-hmm. and wave and say that you came from my podcast so that Ashley knows. Yeah. Yes. So, so awesome. follow Ashley. Yay. 
say that you came from our podcast. Tell us what you thought of the episode. If you have any differing opinions, let us know. We're both curious, both open to them. And stay tuned for our next episode to do season three. Do you have anything parting that you want to say or tell people about? No. Leah, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I will be back when any... I'll be back whenever you ask because this was amazing. Um, yeah, and if you guys haven't watched um, Natalia Grace or Natalia Speaks or The Prison Confessions of Gypsy Rose Blanchard, you guys, what are you doing? Go check them out. I love every single one of you listening. If you're new here, welcome. My recaps are frequent. They are often. I try to do them consistently right after everything's put out. So follow, subscribe, leave a review if you're new here. And if you enjoyed the podcast, uh, rate it five stars if you loved it, if you love me. And then I'll see you guys for my next episode.